Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat here on June 7, 2023, for episode 522. I'm your host, howdy, howdy, Jake howdy. Jabarelli, with my co-host, Blockchain John, starting us out here on Pacific Bitcoin. Yep, Pacific Bitcoin. If you're a Bitcoin maxi, this is your festival to go to all day, every day, October 5th through 6th in Los Angeles, California. Make sure you get your tickets now. It is 100% pure Bitcoin. You talk about anything else, you'll probably get your head chopped off. So <laughs> <laughs> make sure, make sure. But hey, if you want to be humbled in the Bitcoin movement, this is the place to go to. I'm not trying to talk bad about them. This is an awesome event if you want to know what's going on with Bitcoin and only Bitcoin. There's a lot of other conferences and conventions and expos and other festivals out there that claim to be Bitcoin but are not. This PacificBitcoin.com is the only festival expo convention everything pure bitcoin right right. it is pure bitcoin with one minor exception and that leads me as a segue over to bitcoin conference 2024 (laughs) and the reason i say that is because you can pay for a bitcoin conference 2024 ticket with satoshis but you can't with Pacific Bitcoin, why is that? Why Pacific Bitcoin would you not let people pay with Bitcoin? I mean, maybe you can, but they don't show where you can. It says, buy this with real dollars. And it's like, no, dudes, no. Dude, you're, you're a Bitcoin conference. Why pay with fiat? You know, you just convert it. You know, BitPay or whatever. But. Yeah, you could at the bottom. Is it at the bottom? I don't see that. Where is that? is that they, they do they do accept bitcoin well i know they accept bitcoin but all the prices are listed in u.s dollars yeah you're right that's uh, so not here. bitcoin that's so not bitcoin if the bitcoin that's conference here. in nashville can do it or in miami or wherever it's being held but nashville for next year can do it in bitcoin pacific bitcoin can do it in bitcoin i mean bitcoin is literally in their name why would you not let people pay in satoshis aka bitcoin Anyways, um, yeah, both these conferences are coming up. One of them is going to be about 14 months off, and it's quite, well, actually, it's not more expensive. The general admission for Bitcoin 2024 in Nashville is only 300 bucks right now. Of course, it is a long ways off. Um, cheaper, the tickets are always cheaper at the beginning. But, yeah, so currently general admission to Pacific Bitcoin is 550000 or 50000 $550. Weird. Um, and if you go into the VIP one, it's uh, 3000 So 2800 nice. But but see, even the thing with Bitcoin 2024, they do talk about other things aside from Bitcoin. Yeah, which is weird because it's a Bitcoin conference. What's up with yeah. that? There, it, there's, there is a lot of Bitcoin. I did watch the 2023 one, a lot of videos. There's a lot of good stuff. Out of all the conferences that I like, I did like Bitcoin 2023. That was amazing. Bitcoin Magazine did a really good job. There, it's, it wasn't perfect. There was a couple of hiccups here and there that made it look really dumb. Um, you guys can just go look at the YouTube videos of, of what I'm talking about when it's, when I say dumb. Uh, but yeah, overall, I think it was a, it was a good experience. Awesome. All right, let's get on to the news. News, starting out, big news. Well, I think it's big news. Hey, go away. I don't want to see a video. Stop it. Stop playing videos. Um, so, Atomic Wallet was breached by North Korean hackers. What? Elliptic. Hold on, we need some sound effects. We need wah, some sound wah, effects wah. here. Um, oh, wait, we don't have that one. 
<laughs> yeah. Wallets that siphoned Atomic's user funds are connected to the known Lazarus Group addresses, crypto tracing firm said. And hmm. know exactly XPT was also tracing this. So, um, the 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 thing that for me was all right. So yes, we're we're acknowledging at least that Lazarus was the one that did it, uh, and that sucks. Um, blockchain intelligence firm Elliptic is basically who reported on this, and CoinDesk just picked it up. Um, but the thing that, and it, yes, we did talk about Zach XPT doing some sleuthing as he often does, basically yes. determined about 35 million was stolen in various coins, Bitcoin, Ether, USDT, Doge, LTC, uh, Binance, Matic, and Tron, Tron-based USDT. Um, but like, why for me, or I should say how, how is the big thing for me? It was not, we know why it's Lazarus. They want money for their, you know. God North leader, Korea, baby. Their god leader they have. Um, the, boy, the boy man who thinks of himself as a god. Um, and the, the, the way that the analysis came about was that apparently Atomic, well, it is not good quality, I guess is the best and easiest way of putting it. And it was pointed this out through what was stolen and how it was stolen. And that in particular, the hackers hacked the Android version, which was outdated and insecure, uh, but also certain other aspects in particular about their their desktop application. Uh, in the, the statement here from uh, Least Authority says, according to Least Authority, uh, issues included the way Atomic implemented cryptography that it yes. did not adhere to the best practices for wallet design. Yes a lack of robust pr project documentation and incorrect use of Electron, that is a framework for building desktop applications. So several different things that are not good about Atomic Wallet itself, not the company, but the, the tool, really is understandable. I mean, this so is a word generator from what it sounds like from this article, from what it sounds like their word generator was very limited to the amount of words so Lazarus or anybody could easily input it those. And the thing is, it, it's pretty much you can go to any GitHub. Like, for example, you could go to Bitcoin. Pretty much any proof of work that has a, a key generator that's going to produce seed phrases, you can go to the GitHub and see exactly what words that are, are that are inputted into the database. Every single word is transparent. Right, right. doesn't mean that you're going to be able to crack a, a, a code because there's so many words there that will take you an infinite amount of years. Like, for, for it'll take you thousands and thousands of years to crack it but here apparently what from what it looks like they were limited on the amount of words that they put in so there's a lot of recycled words and which made it easier for lazarus to hack it right. they basically brute forced their way in mm -hmm. by just trying to yep. figure out how many different possible combinations there were and eventually they found some and then they got in they're like oh these are full of money and, and from what i recall it wasn't actually shot too fast or sorry um the, the, the algorithm for encrypting the actual keys wasn't really uh, a, a, a good a good algorithm yeah, either, right? Yeah. A good uh, security. I don't yeah. think it says it here on this article, but I was reading something earlier about that. Right. So in general, um, basically what they're pointing out, which is probably could have been pointed out by a gray hat hacker or even a white hat hacker at some point, was um, Atomic Wallet was not safe enough. Yeah. And they cut and corners. Was, period. They cut the corners and they made things just not good. So even even the auditing team when they when they sent it out to uh, 
have, have their uh, have their wallets audited. Mm-hmm. They even reported back saying, "Hey, it is within good faith that we let you know that your wallet is actually not secure." Yeah. And this was back in 2021, I think, was when they when they pu- when they published this article. It's something that I found that circulating around on Twitter. Should be. Uh, I'm pretty sure I did retweet it on on my account. So if you guys follow me over at Twitter, Blockchain John, you guys should be able to find that article there. Yeah. So yes, in general, um, this is a really, unfortunately, big black eye. Not just the the money that was stolen, although a little bit of money was recovered. I think a million dollars equivalent in Solana was recovered. Um, but it's still, it's still a really big black eye for for um, Atomic Wallet's team to basically be so slim on their functionality. I mean, if you try to build a company, you probably want to try to build it as robustly as possible i realize you know, money is a factor and it can't always be uh, accomplished because you just don't have enough cash to do all the proper implementations but then in those cases you just take it more slowly right you don't roll things out as quickly um, i have had a number of issues where their their uh, updates didn't work and they would do another update it didn't work <laughs> and it's incredibly frustrating when you need to get your coin and you can't um but i will sing the praises of um, of a time. Well, felt with with Zelcor. I don't want. I don't want. To pl- well, I already plugged it in. Zelcor. Yeah, that's the feeling that I have with Zelcor. Anytime they did updates, we have new coins added. Well, it messed with like everything else in their wallet. Right. It would change things and mess things up. But the, I like the UI for for Atomic Wallet. I like the ease of exchange and the ease of starting a new wallet. There are there are good things about it, but they definitely need to plug these holes. Um, I do still have coin in it. And I may not be changing it. There's not a lot of coin in there for anybody to steal. It's not like I have millions of dollars. Um, not that I would necessarily keep millions of dollars in Atomic Wallet anyways. But, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, I hate to say it, but Atomic Wallet isn't good. I've been plugging it for a long time. And I feel bad that I plugged it in the past. I'm not making money from it, so it was never a plug for money. But... Um, I was always plugging it because I liked it. And John and I have faced the same kind of error um, in that we plugged Celsius in the past and we both got burned. So as we said before, none of this is financial advice. Please don't listen to us for that reason. We're just reporting the news and we happen to use tools that we think are cool. And uh, we're sorry if you you know, used Atomic Wallet or Celsius on our recommendation because we thought it was cool too. Um, but uh, we were wrong, and we're willing to admit that. So, buy our T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to the next news article. Yeah. SEC Chair Gary Ginzer, the U.S. doesn't need cryptocurrency. All right, so here, what, what's going on here? I'm going to read this uh, really quick. Uh, shortly after the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission filed its lawsuit against Coinbase on Tuesday, SEC Chair Gary Gensler said that the crypto industry industry's entire business model is, quote, built on non-compliance. Oh, man, Uncle Gary, what is going on? He's coming out hard, right? He's not messing around. No. He's coming out with hot hands, yep. left and right. This guy is not going to back down anytime soon. I think I think uh, the bears has been poked too many times, and now he has to do something, right? That's what that's what it's coming down to. He's got to do something. But we were actually also talking off air. It's kind of odd that um, all of a sudden Uncle Gary's kind of all up on these central central exchanges. But before, when FTX was about, when there is proof there that uh, that uh, uh, SBF was paying Uncle Gary, 
was no issues with exchanges. Nothing. It was hush hush. You know. The um, the uh, backroom payments and backroom deals that um, this apparently uh, James Bondy, you know, 007 kind of geeky looking dude. <laughs> he doesn't fit the description at all. If anything, um, I mean, he was even paying politicians. Right. No, I know. But I'm just making the yeah. point that when money was flowing in, the uh, judgments were not flowing out. Mm-hmm. And now there's no money flowing in, so now we gotta, you know, take the ban hammer on everyone and cause a ruckus. I think the worst Which, part of the worst part of all that is, particularly for from FTX standpoint, is when I'll be found out that FTX was just this huge scam. But the thing that bothers me is money seems to convince Washington so much more easily than like truth or reality. So as soon as truth and reality hit, Washington goes back, uh, the people, you know, politicians in Washington go back to being like jerks and, and, and just non-functional, like, Oh, we have to go back to work now. Where'd all the money go? And it's like, dude, what are you in politics for? You, you know, I thought it was for the betterment of the country, not the betterment of your pocketbook. But it does seem that way. So, like you know, Satoshi's. Gary's pretty much already cracked down on Kraken, Bitrix, and of course Coinbase. Which is kind of odd when you think about it, right? Because Coinbase was like the first com- the first crypto company to be approved, you know, to uh, to have their have their uh, their coins listed on Wall Street. I mean, they have a ticker called Coin. People can buy it, and all of a sudden now they're backtracking. Like, nope, what you guys are doing is illegal. The security. It's like, but bro, just like two years ago, you said we're legit. You even listed us exactly. on the market. Exactly. It's like, what the heck? What, what's going on here? You know, are you not getting paid enough? You know, what's that's? It's mind-boggling. I don't understand what's going on here. Yeah, it's all about that's money. What, it's why. not all about money. When is it all? When is it? About money, when is it not about money? It seems like it's always about money. So I yeah, don't know. Yeah, and that's that's what I that's what I was saying off air that you know, um, and I don't I don't want to believe this is what's happening, but it kind of uh, uh, gives me the idea that uh, the government, in all angles, is pushing to this this CBDC or just a UBI in general. U, UBI, yeah, UBI slash CBDC, uh, a central bank digital currency. Backed by the the federal government, right? You know um, why? Because a lot of other nations are doing that now. Yeah. You know, and we just read an article on Sunday that you know is El Salvador a threat because they're adopting Bitcoin as a threat to the U.S. government? Well, the U.S. government has to make a move. You know, they're losing this this chess game because they're not making any moves. They're, what they're doing is they're resisting crypto. They're banning it. And because they're banning it and not adopting it like other countries are, they're losing it. They're losing this war, losing this crypto war. But they do have an ace up their sleeve, which is a CBDC. And as long as the US, uh, as long as the American government has a strong military presence, that military presence can easily be transferred into a digital currency like a CBDC and be used and distributed across the world. Yep. Yeah. But I don't want to believe that. Yeah. I don't want to believe that CBDC is going to be a reality in the United States. We shall CBDC. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Turn a phrase. Continuing on with more bad news about the government. 
DeFi trading surges as centralized exchanges feel wrath or regulators' wrath. Kind of like the previous article, but this is more than just Uncle Gary. Um, what are crypto users doing about doing now that the U.S. has gone after the two largest cryptocurrency platforms in particular, Binance and Coinbase? Um, mm-hmm. They just seem to be lawsuit happy. And it's like, but why? Right. Um, in particular, DeFi trading is the thing that's, that's changing. I think it's because the, the blame is shifting. Like people are like, oh, it's over there. We can go trade over here. You know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so huge, huge 41 percent increase in trading volume Watch, from Uniswap. Hey, yeah. And, that, and we, we've we've actually been talking about that. This is probably the better way to do things in crypto. Right. If you're in the crypto space. Using a decentralized exchange is probably the best move anybody can make. Right. Yes, it does take a little bit of uh, of a, a learning curve, but once you get it down, it's actually a lot better for the economy, mm-hmm. in my opinion. You yeah, because it's it's just going to actuate on itself. You don't have to worry about. For one, you don't have a. I mean, you do still have. Well, I don't know. You should to some degree because when is it, there has to be a website that exists. Let me put it that way. Uh, for this kind of DeFi trading, a website somewhere you can go to make your trades, but you don't have a middleman. You don't have a, a human being calling the shots, and you don't have, in this case, I think there's a reason originally um, the SEC had been trying to crack down on DeFi, was there is no person you can blame when things go awry. You can blame the creators, but the creators aren't making the transactions happen. They just set up the tool for you to use. It's almost like a, you know, a autonomous that bank. Was, <laughs> but that, that was on a bill not too long ago. I forgot what state was doing that. I want to say Montana, or is it? I wanted to yeah, say it was New York. I think it was New York. Was it was a bill in regards to? I remember it was in regards to Tornado Cash. Oh right, Basically right. Anybody that that wrote the code on Tornado Cash mm-hmm. and said said such uh, anything that's open source, anybody writing code can possibly be blamed and taken to court or prison or imprisoned for for developing this kind of code that actually interferes with people's lives and. You know, does bad for the economy and stuff. Yeah, which is kind of kind of stupid in my opinion because you just mentioned it's a tool created by right. open source developers. Yep. You know, now what you do with that is a whole different debacle. Yeah, I keep saying that the reason if Satoshi Nakamoto were a person, the reason he disavowed you know any any connection to it, even though everybody obviously credit credits the pseudonym or person, um, is because of the what is it? Um, the creator's folly, I think it is. Somebody had coined the term. It's the same thing that happened to the creators of Dogecoin and the creator of Tron and the, cre- the coin and the creator of, um, I guess it kind of happened to Vitalik Buterin to some degree as well, is everybody looks up to you like you're a freaking god. And you're like, look, I just did this thing because I thought it was cool or I thought it would be helpful to, to society. I did... I didn't want all this controversy to come on my doorstep. But the fact of the matter is, if you, I shouldn't say, it's more of an if, but basically when and or if, or if and or when you get wealthy, super wealthy, everybody starts knocking your door down. It doesn't even matter if you won the lottery. I mean, winning the lottery is one way of this happening, but as soon as you have money, everybody wants a piece of you. Everybody. Well, that's, that, you know, that reminds me of, uh, of, of, the real life Satoshi Nakamoto, that's uh, that lives out here in the Bay Area. Um, when when this whole Bitcoin craze first started, people were trying to find the true Satoshi yeah. Nakamoto. Yeah. 
So on the record, there happens to be somebody that matched this 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 person on the internet called Satoshi Nakamoto. Yep. In real life, yep. that person has the same name, Satoshi Nakamoto. Mm-hmm. Not only that, he also works on code. Mm-hmm. You know. So they ended up going after it. Like when yep. I say they, I'm talking about the, like media, the media. The mass media yeah. went all over him. He didn't want nothing to do with it because he has no, he knows nothing about Bitcoin. Yep. Wants nothing to do with Bitcoin. In fact. All this Bitcoin debacle is ruining his life and his mm-hmm. family's lives because mm-hmm. he can't get peace of mind. He just wants to go to work, come back, and live a normal life. But he yep. can't stop having paparazzis yeah. at Inundated. his doorstep. Yep. You know, it got to the point where he actually had to force himself to change his name. I was called <laughs> Dorian. Yeah. Dorian Nakamoto. Yep. He's like, I'm not Satoshi anymore. You guys ruined my first name. Thanks. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> basically. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, so back on this. Basically, DeFi is doing good right now. Everything's surging uh, in double digits, which is good. I, I like that. I like that. I just yeah. wish that fees were affordable or not. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> well, I mean, to some degree. It depends on what you're trading. If you're trading on Ethereum, it never, it never really is. But Binance isn't half bad. So all Binance space. Yeah, Binance Chain has always, always been cheap. And, and Avalanche is relatively cheap. Compound's cheap. I mean, no, I got Compound. Compound's Ethereum. But anything that's not that has its own chain that's not Ethereum, it's going to be relatively inexpensive to exchange on. So, um, yeah. Get on, get, on, get on DeFi. Get on DeFi. Right now, especially right now. Continuing on with the news. Hey, where's the Batman sound? Okay. <laughs> All right. The SEC has labeled has not labeled any proof of work assets as a security. Why is that? Now, if you guys don't know, there's actually a couple of different uh, proofs of there's proof of work, proof of uh, proof of stake, uh, proof of stake, proof of community, proof of service, proof of pretty much anything you could think of under the rainbow. They got a proof of right. So as of right now, this whole uh, what we've been talking about with the SEC, they pretty much been targeting um, coins that are proof of stake um, and not proof of work as of now. Uh, and that is that list is down here, right? They got Solana, Cardano, uh, uh, Filecoin, and Sandbox. That's just a few. What's interesting is so these are all proof of proof of stake. What's interesting is that we know, if you guys have been following us, that Ethereum is proof of stake. But is not listed on this uh, 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 on this uh, lawsuit here uh, against Coinbase. That's interesting. Why does the S- why doesn't the SSC list Ethereum? Hmm? Nobody knows as of right now. Any people could just make up th- just make things up, but we don't know. You know? Right. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. And I've said this over and over again. Yes, it's st- Ethereum started off as proof of work, but it also started as an ICO. And I know that because I was around that time uh, and people had to actually deposit their Bitcoin. And it only was Bitcoin into the uh, into the, the Ethereum ICO smart contract in order to get your ICO tokens. Right. Your Ethereum ICO tokens. Yep. So, I mean, that's already like, I mean, why isn't the SEC going off the uh, Ethereum? Right. What exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's very weird. Oh, yeah. Very weird. This year, you know, although neither Gensler nor his team has been clear as to why they are focusing on proof of stake coins, although he has been especially elusive when it comes to Ethereum. Mm. Yep. But as of right now, there are no proof of work tokens being listed in the lawsuit. You know? yeah, it so, does feel nope. weird because it feels like if you fight the government, you're going to get screwed, although not everyone has. and But if you just pay the government off, you'll be fine. And it's like, what? That sounds like the government's a business. We know full well it's not. 
Unless it is. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder. That's what that's what's talking about. That's what this article is talking about. Basically, um, proof of work's not not listed. We don't know why. We can make up assumptions, but uh, maybe it's because they can't really target anybody that uh, um, is is owning the proof of work token because proof of work is kind of open to everybody to mine it. Now proof of stake. There is one creator that mints all these mm -hmm. coins mm -hmm. into existence. Yep, it's so much more like a stock. And that's what, and that's why I said when this whole transition happened with Ethereum from proof of work to proof of stake, that now there's a limited amount of nodes, right? You got less than twenty ma master or main nodes, whatever you want to call them, master nodes, you know, uh, that are, that are owned by that that own like seventy, eighty percent, eighty percent of the entire giant uh, network, uh, network yep. right? Right. Now the SEC can just attack this dozen amount, this dozen, this, these dozen nodes, in, in comparison to what it was before, where we had thousands, hundreds of thousands of these nodes distributed everywhere. Yep. Yeah, yep. the SEC can't attack that. It's nope. impossible. Well, I mean, not just that, but it, at the same time, it is truly a distributive network at that point, and it's no longer just a you know small group of people who own a majority share in the functionality of this. So and now the tables have turned, and I've said it in the past when this whole transition happened, that yes, the SEC will attack uh, uh, Ethereum and will mm -hmm. be successful because they, they only need to attack, you know, a handful of uh, companies to, to right. prove a point. Right. So, yeah, it is it is kind of an interesting, you know, open question of why the SEC has not labeled, you know, Ethereum, even though it's not proof of work anymore as a security. But, uh, you know, in general, it kind of makes sense that, that proof of work would not be and it really hasn't been phased by it. In fact, I'm so grateful when they knocked down that uh, bill to uh, um, was it charge large mining companies, you know, 30% tariff just because they're doing this thing. It's like that will kill proof of work, right? We don't want to kill proof of work. We want to keep that open. And it, it was generally considered not a good idea. So, thank goodness, <laughs> Bitcoin is quote unquote safe for now. Anyways, um, I think we missed an article. Oh, did we? Um, the central banks should not dominate CBDCs. Did we do that? I don't think we did that, did we? The central bank should not dominate CBDCs, says ex-central banker. Did I even put that one? I'm going to make sure I got that one. No. No, I didn't. You're right. No, Never mind. No, it's the SEC. The SEC. Yeah. Merged it over the freeze yeah. by yeah. I accidentally had that one in there. So, okay. So, SEC. Um, no, we already did that. That's the Gary Gensler one. I have somehow I got this stuff out of order. My bad. <laughs> um, SEC seeks emergency order to freeze Binance U.S. assets. What? What freeze? Why? Why? You know, um, Securities and Exchange Commission has asked a judge to freeze the the uh, Binance U.S. version, according to the emergency motion filed on Tuesday. Um, impact two holding companies associated with Binance, that's BAM Management and US uh, BAM Trading Services. Emergency motion also requests the reparation of assets belonging to Binance US customers, whether that involves fiat currency or crypto. So uh, if granted, you know, this basically would kind of cut the legs off of uh, Chengping Zhao um, in at least the US capacity. But it's like, well, What's the rush, right? <laughs> um, SEC follows SC, or the filing follows the SEC lawsuit against Binance and CZ 
Unveiled on Monday, the agency struck the leading crypto exchange with 13 civil charges, accusing, accusing it of commingling customer funds and evading regulators, among other claims. I don't... I, I get that because it's a starting an entity that started in a foreign country, in particular Hong Kong, um, and it's you know it's a Chinese national who has um, started this company and then made it available. But it's it's like the I can't remember the name of the um, ex post facto. Ex post facto is the rule that says you can't make a law later and then accuse. Uh, a company of doing, or a business, or a person of doing something wrong after, you know, making the ma making this law much much later when you realize it's something you don't like, and that's what I feel like it's going on here. The SEC is just shredding every single person. And once they're just like, oh well, now we've decided it's wrong. Like, what? Why, why now? It's been going on all this time, years, yeah, decade, over was, a decade. It was fine with FTX. They had no yeah. problem with FTX. Yeah, exactly. So. It just feels like weird vendetta, like either one person's controlling us or a group of people are controlling this, or maybe it's Warren Buffett. I don't know. I'm not accusing him. I'm just saying it, it feels awkward and odd why you're now, now you're getting onto this case. And it's like, it, you know, FTX collapsed, uh, 3L's capital collapsed, Voyager Digital collapsed, um, uh, Celsius collapsed, but Binance hasn't collapsed. So well, why listen, are you going after listen, them? One, one thing that's not mentioned in all of these articles, is that even central banks collapse? Yeah, <laughs> collapse. Yeah. Okay. So you can't just point out these these crypto companies or these exchanges. Absolutely. Shoot. Even banks. All right. Yes, the economy is down. We are in a bear market. That's the reality. Things are actually getting squeezed even tighter. Yeah. That's the reality of what's going on. But we want to pretend that everything's in uh, ponies and rainbows. It's not. Right. Yes, the world is hurting. We're hurting. It's the right. reality. We just got to push through it. No. I don't. Anyways. Stupid. Um, all right. So last article. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I got it. No, it's fine. It was appropriate. Um, I think I, I just didn't expect you to do it right then. So X Oasis rocker Noel Gallagher turns to NFTs to top Foo Fighters in UK chart race. What the heck's going on here with this really old guy from the 90s? <laughs> um, uh, British British uh, uh, musician. Fighters are awesome, man. So anyways, uh, you have Gallagher. He's turning to music NFTs, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, like like we've been we mentioned over and over again that there's gonna be a lot of lot of uh, let's call them a list artist. Yep. Right. You have musicians. You have yeah, the film industry, you got uh, the the book industry or mag magazine industry. Yeah, print media. Uh, pretty much any industry is transitioning over to NFTs yep. because you get a, a large, in my opinion, you get a large percentage of the cut. You know, yep. you're cutting out that middleman. You're cutting yep. out all these extra yep. fees. Bro, you it's you and your fans. Yep. Now, and that's what uh, you can saying. still say that the uh, industry that came up around music does at least have marketing cloud um they can get you the attention in a sense and i'm only defending them from the standpoint of that was what they started out to be the, the problem of course that we see with musicians in the last probably 30 years is they kind of get screwed 
out of the money they would be making because the yep. marketing agent or the agent itself is saying, well, we did all the work, so we get all the money. It's like, no. Without the artist, you'd be nothing. Yep. You'd have nothing. So the fact and that you treat the artist so poorly is the problem, and this is why the artists are doing this kind of stuff. And that's the A. The A. There were, I was watching a documentary on Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. and yes, he was being screwed the same way yeah. until, he, until he turned the tables, and now he, he was making all the money. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's understandable. If you're not super popular, fine. There are at least some tools out there. I, I think of SoundCloud in particular um, as a way of getting um, recognition. A lot of artists have gotten recognition on SoundCloud and then skipped over having to pay a um, an agent or a marketing agency to you know promote them. They just got it through. Uh, natural means of people just you know randomly finding the the music on soundcloud as an example it's not the only place you can put your music but um or content or something you put it on odyssey that's another place where there's no agent it's just a website (laughs) and you can even get it discovered on youtube and youtube does take a cut but it's the cut isn't nearly as deep as the cut that a lot of a lot of these other marketing agencies make the the amount of money that some artists get in the early days even when they're super popular is pathetic. It's just sad how little money they get paid out of what for what it is they're doing. Um, and it, it, we need to stop the the middleman control aspect. So thank goodness Gallagher is um, using NFTs to do this. Yep. And for anybody that's watching or listening, if you want to buy his album, album, it is coming out next Thursday. Is it this Thursday or next Thursday? It was. Um, it's probably next. Be a, it could be a, next Thursday. Made available Thursday morning, so yeah. tomorrow. It's tomorrow. tomorrow. Well, I mean, it's, it's already tomorrow. tomorrow there in the in the UK, so it's it's probably okay. already out. So you can literally go right now to serenade.co, create your account. You can buy them there. They're actually pretty affordable when it comes to dollars and euros. Five euros, ten euros, thirty dollars, twenty dollars. Yeah, it's there. pretty close. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just grateful that uh, artists are recognizing this. We did talk about this because, um, what's his name, uh, Beeple, the first really you know, living artist who has made a significant amount of money off of his NFTs. Whenever his NFTs are resold, assuming he's still alive or his state still exists, they will get a cut of that resale. That's something that artists never got in the past. I mean, think about it. How many people buy music? Billions of people buy music. Um, it may not be art in the same sense of like Mona Lisa level art, but it's still something that can be very, very, very lucrative. And if you re, if you were able to, you know, resell a CD or a tape or or whatever in the past, the artist didn't get any of that. On top of the fact that you can almost sell them for nothing. <laughs> uh, I know I've tried wow. to resell CDs in the past and got almost nothing for it. Um, but if you were to resell music that you bought today for a buck or something you maybe resell it for a buck maybe it goes up in price that's the great thing about nfts is the price can actually go up especially if the artist is really popular so in particular this is cool man yeah i don't know if you checked out the website serenade.co pretty cool website they actually have a lot of artists on here if you, if you go to if you hover over artist they have just uh, by the looks of it probably over 100 here you mm-hmm. can literally go to them and buy them. Some of them are sold out. You can't buy their NFTs anymore because they're sold out. Right. Uh, some of them are still on the market. You can buy for a few bucks. That's pretty cool. I don't know which, which chain they're using. i got to scroll down. Let's see here. Um, yeah, I'll probably look a little, little further into this to see what they're using. That's pretty cool. That's I just 
found this out, man. Serenade.co. Yep. Yeah, I'm showing it here. So uh, that's all we got for this episode. Thank you all for watching. Please check out our coin tree, and you can see where you can donate. We appreciate the donations. Uh, you can also catch our content on Odyssey, YouTube, Twitch, Spotify Podcast, a.k.a. Anchor. Um, you can check out all of our tweets. John does a lot of that on Twitter. You can also come into our Discord and collect our C3 media tokens. Um, and if you want to contribute in fiat, we don't mind. PayPal or Buy Me Coffee works as well. We do have interviews coming up. Yep, we will be doing interviews. Are we doing one tomorrow or no? No. No. no okay. We just, well, no, no. We'll I don't talk think, about yeah, it. I don't afterwards. think so. Yeah, we'll be we'll be discussing it later. So check if you guys want to check out our pre-show and post-show content. We totally invite you to do that by becoming a Patreon subscriber. That supports us directly. We would really appreciate that. And of course, you can get all our pre-show and post-show. If you didn't get it in the first place, we we will post that content in its entirety to our Patreon, where you can watch it there. So thank Shout you all for watching. Thanks, Polytech. Uh, as we say at the end of every single show, stack sats and, and hodl. And hodl. Adios. Adios.